My next guest is currently a probationary firefighter for the City of Kelowna Fire Department in British Columbia, Canada, but he is originally from the prairies. He is into the rave culture and has just started to get into outdoor adventure activities since moving to BC. Before moving to Kelowna, he used to be a Halitech firefighter as well as an industrial firefighter in Alberta before deciding to move to BC. He has travelled to Thailand and is keen to explore more of the world in his time off. Please welcome to the podcast, Austin. G'day, mate. Hey, How man, you doing? Thanks for having me. No, nah, yeah, no. Nah, thank you for putting your hand up and saying you're keen to do it. Um, quick question: Is it Austin Williams or Austin Baker? I'm always confused. Yeah, I've just got I've just got some made up Facebook name. It's Austin Baker. It is. Before ah, okay. before we get before we get too into this, for the people listening, we should tell a quick little interesting story of how we actually came to meet each other on our on our spot chance there yeah yeah actually yeah do you want you can go ahead and tell them if you want yeah so it was my first travel experience like you said i've been to thailand and uh yeah we were just flying out from vancouver and we, as we were flying over the mountains the guy in the seat behind me just kind of like through the crack was like oh look how beautiful those mountains are and i was like what and then we just kind of hit it off and talked between the crack of a seat for like 13 hours and then um hung out in the airport in guangzhou i believe yeah it was Guangzhou, yeah. And uh, yeah, we've kept in touch lately ever since. And uh, now we're on the podcast together. Yeah, and <laughs> I'm looking forward to catching up with you again in, um, uh, later this year when I'm finally moving to Canada. Um, and yeah, crazy, man. It was crazy. I was I just finished my time in, uh, on holiday uh, in Canada. And yeah, and then we spent what? How long was the lay? It was like a seven-hour layover in Guangzhou. And all our flights. Yeah, long enough. <laughs> all our flights were leaving at the same time so we all like it, it was like perfect timing um it was yeah it, who was the it was melissa wasn't it oh man i don't remember but yeah some super nice girl too yeah she was she was canadian as well that's right yeah i'm pretty sure it was melissa i think her name was um so how is uh first questions jumping straight in uh how is bc doing in COVID 19 you already said that you haven't really been paying attention which is probably what the rest of the world should be doing now it's just like all <laughs> yeah yeah years. we were just talking about this a little bit um i haven't been like watching the COVID updates and like keeping as good of a touch as a lot of people are doing or as maybe i should be um every time you turn on the news it's all you hear about we go to the grocery store and anywhere you talk to anybody, it's always talking about COVID. So I'm trying to stay away from keeping too keen on the information. But what I do lightly know, and don't quote me on any of this, is that uh, BC is doing quite well um, comparative to other provinces. Um, we do have like uh, somewhat higher numbers, but our spread rates, I think, are doing pretty well. Um, and uh, we we were early on in flattening the curve. Um, yeah, I, I, we're not taking over. It's not super crazy. Um, we haven't opened up yet like Alberta has. They're starting to open up to, they're calling it phase two this week, but, uh, th things are all right. It's not, it's not crazy. The whole city isn't completely shut down and completely on lockdown. Things seem to be up and running decently. Yeah. The, you, I think you hit the nail on the head there. Um, BC's doing really well in the scheme of things. They, um, Obviously, Quebec and Ontario are where the, the real major problems are at the moment. It's the, the western provinces that aren't actually doing too bad. Um, mm -hmm. so Other than Vancouver, we're pretty spread out, yeah. which is kind of the advantage. Yeah, exactly. For those of you that don't know, Kelowna is about four hours uh, northeast of Vancouver in the Okanagan area by Big White Ski Resort. Um, 
it's a beautiful area around there. So you're, yeah, you're pretty, you're pretty lucky when everything does open up. Good wine. Um, you've got obviously uh, skiing, mountain biking, hiking. You've got Penticton just there. So lots of good things to do. Um, it's unlocked. They call it a four season playground. Yeah. Yep. That's what I heard as well. That's so true. Uh, you're an essential worker. So what do you do for your time off to stay sane? Can you, can you really do much in BC at the moment? Yeah. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to make us sound bad here, but I've, find a lot of times when I go out in public I'm kind of thinking to myself really this is what a worldwide pandemic looks like because it seems like there's a lot of people out and there's a lot of people doing things relative to uh, um, what I've seen in the news and some other places and how serious they're locking down Um, you know people are still at the beach you do see some social distancing I think as time goes on people seem to be getting a little bit less and less with that it's the nice weather that brings it out of people and everyone starts coming out with their toys and their friends and, and it's a little hard to stay away from. Has it started to warm up there yet? Oh yeah. Summer started like three weeks ago. Really? What, <laughs> what sort of, what sort of temperatures are you getting there now? Uh, we've seen some 25 days, some 23, 24 days. Um, nice and sunny. Already got a couple sunburns, been out of the beach lots, golfing. It's been fun. Yeah, sweet man, awesome. Yeah, I'm excited to get up there for at some point. Um, and I've heard, yeah, all year round destinations, so it'll be sick to make it out there. Uh, when did you realize? Um, and what made you want to be a firefighter? A lot of people have uh, these crazy about when they were like six years old and their house was on fire, or they saw a fire truck drive by, and they just wanted to be a firefighter ever since. But uh, I kind of stumbled upon it later on in life. All my life, I thought I was going to be like a, a doctor or, or, or something like that. I was I always thought I was going to go for lots of school. And I went to university and I just realized that I wasn't enjoying it as much as I thought I was going to. So I was a semester in, semester and a half in, and uh, I just wasn't liking it. So I dropped out started working a couple hard labor jobs and decided that I kind of needed to get my life together because I couldn't be a construction worker roofer for the rest of my life. Um, So I wrote down on a piece of paper, as cliche as this is going to sound, I wrote down, what do I love doing the most? And at the time I wrote down working out and I Googled the careers that you can do while working out and looked up all of their salaries and firefighter was the highest paid. (laughs) <laughs> so i applied to fire school and yeah it's a, it sounds a little bit ridiculous and a little bit uh, heartless but uh, school and i was like a week in and i knew that i had like miraculously stumbled upon something that i loved and as the years went on um i came to realize that just the job and the people that surround it matches my personality to a t and i just i found a career that i'm absolutely in love with and it i did look up the highest paid working out jobs and that is why i applied to fire school but uh, that's not why i'm in it at all anymore and, yeah uh, every sounds, day i just love every day sounds like work. it's definitely become more more than just uh highest paid working out jobs so that's really cool yeah it's a little bit of a of a brutal story but uh, you know what it's all about honesty here today so yeah it's so true <laughs> but it's it's, it's 
you won't be the only one like that as well. There's probably thousands upon thousands of people that are in the same position that just like Googled, oh, I, I kind of like the sound of that. Or what's the highest paid thing that I can do this? In? And then they actually turn out loving it at the same time. Yeah. And like I said, that's just what started me down the road. And then as it grew, like I found out about the community involvement and the brotherhood and the physical fitness. And, and yet, like I said, just giving back to the community and just waking up and trying to learn something new every day and be a better version of yourself. And I can go on and on. It's just uh, every day I've learned something new about it that I just like even more. Yeah, that's really cool, man. Um, it definitely hard discipline to, to be in uh, for some people, for a lot of people. So kudos for you for sticking at it and really enjoying it. Um, Thanks, what, I appreciate that. What is the, the process of becoming a firefighter in Canada? Um, what does it look like to try and get hired? So every fire department is a little bit different. Um, and Western Canada is different than most of Eastern Canada. So in Western Canada, each city has its own hiring process. So the city gets to dictate its own process and set it up how they want. So every city for the most part is different, but as a general sense, what it usually looks like is that they'll have a posting that they're hiring. So you apply with your resume, Sometimes they have an application package. Vancouver's is pretty crazy. They have, uh, you have to type it out and there's some essay questions and some yes, no's and stuff like that. Um, some personal history statements. Um, and it ends up being like a 45 page typed out printed thing. But most of them, you just apply with your resume, um, fill out a little online application that's pretty quick. And then you get invited to, usually it's a written exam. And then you go on to a physical, an interview, Sometimes they have a secondary interview. Sometimes fire departments will have a ride along where you go and spend a day or four days at the station. Um, it's a little, little bit different, but as a general sense, there's resume submission, aptitude testing, and physical, some sort of interview, sometimes a ride along, and then possibly a secondary interview. But uh, yeah, what, what, it's so competitive is, is kind of a thing that is crazy about it. Um, you go to fire school and you think that within the next year or so that you're going to be, you're so excited to be working as a firefighter. But, uh, for me from, it, it took, it was a five-year journey to get hired. And the whole time I was just chasing it as hard as I could. It was my number one goal in life to get hired. And I kind of put to my life, don't get me wrong. I was still enjoying life and, and having fun and doing some traveling and stuff like that. But every, every decision that I made in life into where I was going to be, what job I was going to accept came first. I was focused on what's going to get me hired quicker, what's going to build my resume. Um, so you're dealing with thousands upon thousands of applicants. Um, for So like Kelowna, for example, their process was 960 applicants and they hired 17 people. So you got to be in the top like 1% of, yeah. of everybody. So it, it's the, we talked about the application process, but it's also about your time building your resume because that's how you talk. That's what you talk about in interviews. That's how you get qualifications and stand out from the next guy. So it was five years of, you know, chasing applications across Canada and building my resume. So I don't know if that really does it justice, but so basically the the helitech firefighter job that you were in was basically a, just a stepping stone to get 
Is is the like a city de- a fire department firefighter the the creme de la creme of the jobs? Is it basically? It depends who you are. You know, uh, um, I had met people working wildfire who wanted who took it as a stepping stone and wanted to be structural, and then they liked wildfire way better and decided that that's what they wanted to do. Um, for myself personally, that's the way that I saw it. Yes. Um, I just really like the community involvement. I like the fact that I would be home at the end of every day that I live in a city. Um, the, the pay is steady. The work is year round. There's yeah, I, I, I really like the structural side of it. And, and for me as the creme de la creme, it's definitely the better paying it, like it's, it's wildfire seasonal, right? Yeah. Um, but the argument could be made. A lot of people like wildfire because it's seasonal. So you, you make a pretty, pretty decent amount of money in a couple short months. I think it's like four or five months is the wildfire season. And then people just go and travel in the off season. Yeah. I met a couple of, um, but yeah. wildfire firefighters down in Oregon and that's what they were doing. They yeah literally did four or five months fighting the fires and then, yeah, the next sort of six months basically yeah just laxing it out they said it was a lifestyle yeah it's a it is a pretty sweet lifestyle for sure but yeah i've always had my eyes on structural so everything before then yeah was a step and so for me so the city um like city firefighters the structural firefighter that you're talking about so what sort of things do you do you do what building fires in the city car accidents in the city and then all just those little minor things that you hear about, like cats up a tree. Is that the is that the kind of thing? <laughs> um, I, when I was at the work experience program, believe it or not, we did have a call for a cat up a tree. But our department's procedure was the cats will come down on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, pretty much pretty much anything that you can think about to call nine one one for. You'd be surprised about how much fire departments do ask you. So. Uh, ice water rescue, swift water rescue, um, you know, tr- trench rescue. Um, yeah, your vehicle accidents, medical calls. We go to obviously fires, structure fires. Um, if it's in with within our regional district boundaries, we'll go to wildfires too. We do have a lot of we call wildland urban interface. So it's like forests where houses are basically. Yeah. So we do have a lot of that in Kelowna. In 2003, we had a big wildfire that was like encroaching upon houses and stuff. And to be honest, anytime you have houses in a forest sort of setting uh, um, with lots of trees around and stuff, you're, it's it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. So we're always training on wildfire too. Yeah, I'm sure that's handy that you've already had that wildfire sort of background to yeah move over to that. If you needed yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, helpful for sure. But, uh, you know, the, the attitude is not to come in acting like you know everything, but be ready to learn everything. Yeah, that's a good way of going about it. I wish more people came in like that to a job. Um, so that actually basically leads me on to the next question. So um, I'm sure you've seen some pretty horrific, horrific things already as like a training firefighter and the, the, yeah, the experience you've had so far. Um, what has been your worst experience that you uh, want to share with us and not go into too much detail? Yeah, for sure. Um, 
Well, horrific is kind of like a relative term. Everybody has their own um, ideas of horrific or, or trauma. Uh, bef before we get into this, I saw this question on there. And um, I didn't say anything because I probably am okay with you asking this, but just to the people listening and like just as a general sense, this is a common question that, that people will ask first responders. And it's, it's not really something that you want to just ask somebody that you don't know that well, just because a lot of people have, I, I myself would say that I've seen some bad, I've been on bad calls, but nothing too horrible that I couldn't handle. Yeah. And, and the time will come, obviously, um, especially now that I'm on with, with the city here. But um, yeah, you, you have a lot of people walking around there with some, with some pretty deep-seated demons, right? And you can activate that stuff. So just if you're going to ask that question, make sure that you know the person quite well. I'm comfortable with you asking me that question. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I just want to put that out there for everybody. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, there's a couple calls that come to mind when you say that, but um, I'll just go with my probably my first fatality was was, uh, was probably the first one that comes to mind, I guess, because it, it's stuck in the brain because it was the first one. Um, yeah, it was uh, like three in the morning night. There was a big blizzard outside and it was almost out of town. It was through the work experience program. And uh, so we had quite a far drive through this blizzard, which was already quite stressful. And we got there and we were getting waved in and, and everyone was kind of in distress. And we, I got into the room and the person that I was working with was just the two of us for the medical call. And the person that I was working with wanted me to run the call because I was new and he wanted me to get the experience. So it was like a lot of pressure on me, right? I'd been like going on calls for like a week at this point. And uh, yeah, I just walked in and just sort of the shock of having the whole family there looking at you like, you know, the saying is kind of like, we're it. Like when we get there, we have to problem solve and figure it out because there's nobody else. Like we're the people that they call, you know, mm. there's no, we, we can't call anybody else, you know? Yeah. So the, the pressure of having everybody look at you like, okay, what are you going to do? Um, and yeah, it was just a, she was an elderly lady, um, but she was uh, just, just not in good shape. And she was, she was on her way out and she was very sick and um, yeah, we'll just leave it at that. Yeah. Um, it was it was more the family that struck me and just you know, having that responsibility and having everybody look at you um but how i handled it was uh you know just took a deep breath when i got in there and um focused on my training and and went to work you know it's just a it's just a job and and we train for those kinds of things and uh just go through the steps mm. and then as far as like how i handled it mentally i just uh, i just talked it out to a good friend of mine and said that i felt okay about it but figured I should talk about it just to make sure that it didn't haunt me later or anything. And yeah, it's what, been good. What, um, sorry for, thanks for bringing that up. I'll definitely uh, know that for next time. Uh, yeah. And no, totally like I said, it's okay. I'm to I'm totally okay with it. I just wanted to say that for other people out there. Yeah. Okay. No, that's cool. Um, but in terms of like, what, what does the fire department offer? Like, cause you go, yeah, obviously can see some pretty terrible things in your career what 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 does the fire department offer you to be able to like help you with your mental health and just getting over these uh experiences that are you find confronting and may need that extra uh bit of help that's a great question actually uh you know what i'm, I'm really thankful to be a firefighter in the day and age that i am because 
you know, 20, 30 years ago, uh, it was shut up and, and, you know, be a man about it. And now it's, um, it can vary from department to department. I can only speak to the department that I'm on with. Um, but our department is really, really impressive with that kind of stuff. We have a lot of teams in place. We have, uh, I think, I, I don't know how many members we have on the team. I want to say it's around 16 or something like that. Um, that are members of the critical incident stress team. And uh, there's like a whole procedure and protocol that gets put in place when there's a bad call. And anybody can put it into place, you know, like it's not like it has to be this call or it has to be that call. A captain or a firefighter can just say, hey, like I, I kind of think this is one of those calls for us. And uh, a team will come in, depending on the severity of it, right? If it's like so bad that that's it for the day, they'll, t they'll take us off shift. They'll cover, they'll have people cover for us. We can go and talk about it or we can just go home and be off. Um, but yeah, they have, they have t a team for it and it's made up of our own guys. So it's people that, you know, we're family and we're, we're a brotherhood and a sisterhood. Um, and yeah, we can just talk it out and talk about it. I think and, that's uh, handy having that support network with your actual work pairs as well. And knowing that like you can go to each and every one of your work colleagues and they'll they'll be there for you and talk talk it through to you it's really impressive and i'm really grateful to have that uh, like like you said i'm a probationary firefighter so i'm i'm brand new to the department i've only been on with this department for i've worked a total of seven shifts now so i'm i'm super new so i haven't been to one of these um incidents yet or the debriefings but uh, they have talked to us about them and they said yeah they're just like big like love sessions and you know mm. there's crying and there's there's hugging and and uh, everyone's just really there for each other and it's, it's just really incredibly part of something that that you know they have your back and um everyone has the call list you know it's in everyone's phones and stuff just talking about how even if there's like a little call that doesn't doesn't activate all that stuff people like the guy was like, yeah, you know, I had a call the other day that was kind of bad. And he's like, I got like 15 different messages from different people from different shifts just saying, hey, man, I just thought I'd check in and see if you're doing OK. That's so amazing. It's, uh, it's, yeah, it's really impressive. And even our chief who, you know, as a as a firefighter, you don't see your chief all that often because they're just so busy and, and they're just doing a lot of office and admin stuff. He came out. He's come out and talked to us a couple of times. And every time he's talked to us, he's talked to us about how much he cares about our mental health, which is really impressive for the chief to be talking to the new recruits about yeah. how important it is to him. It's a really, we have a really incredible department when it comes to that kind of stuff. And I'm very lucky for it. Yeah. That's amazing, man. Um, I was, I was not expecting uh, for them to have such a great support network in there. Um, it, just with other jobs, like um, traumatic jobs, uh, they, that especially I spoke to a dude from, he was on in, on Vancouver Island, uh, he was search and rescue and they don't, yeah. um, as much offer that huge support network that you guys had. So it's really good to know that they do offer that for you guys. Cause yeah, like, like you were saying, and like I said, like you guys see some pretty crazy things out there that you can sometimes find it hard to get over. Yeah, for sure. And I, I know I'm only talking about my department, but I, yeah. I do believe that a lot, a lot it's a pretty common thing these yeah. days. I think they have to have the critical incident stress debriefing teams. Um, but uh, yeah, I, it's a pretty common thing these days, which is nice. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, so what is you? we touched on it before. What exactly is a heli-tech uh, firefighter? Um, what does the job entail? 
Um, yeah, so I work Helitac firefighting for the government of Alberta. Um, so a Helitac crew is an initial crew or initial attack crew. So the idea behind initial attack is you get to the fire while it's still small and put it out before it becomes big. Yep. So a Helitac crew operates out of uh, you have a four-man crew that is usually, depending on the hazard of the day, the fire hazard of the day, usually is responding with a helicopter. Um, and then the hazard of the day will dictate whether you're in that helicopter within five minutes or in that helicopter within 10, or sometimes you're, if it's low hazard, you could be responding with a truck. Um, but yeah, small fires, getting them out before they're big is the idea. Yeah, that's really cool. I didn't know that that's actually how it works. So that's awesome. Um, move you away from the firefighting now. So we touched on the intro that you were um, into the rave culture a little bit and into sort of the EDM kind of scene. Um, have you always been into this culture or is this quite a new sort of scene that you've got yourself into? Yeah, I slowly seem to get more and more into it every year. I went to my first one in 2015 while I was in fire school. We went to this little one called Soundwave. It's like a little baby rave, I guess I call it. And that was kind of my first introduction. And I just remember saying to my buddy, like, like I definitely need to do more of that. I really enjoyed that. Um, and then every year I've just kind of gone to bigger and bigger ones. Yeah, started to really fall in love with it, you know? I, and I think, I think we get a bad rap, you know, like raves and stuff like that. A lot of people yeah, like kind of shake their heads at it. Yeah. I'm sure you kind of experienced that too. For me, like it's, there's just so much love behind it. You it know, is. it's like, it's the most, and I'm sure you can say the same, like it's the most accepting atmosphere I've ever experienced ever. It's one big family. Yeah. The, the, and the, the whole peace, love, unity, respect is, is a legit thing in the rave culture and is alive and well for sure. You're just, you're just becoming best friends with the person next to you and like, like strangers and like, everyone's having these deep conversations and yeah. uh, everyone's smiling and it's just like it's just really positive and and it's a it's kind of like a feeling that that stays with you for like weeks and months after the rave you know like you feel better about yourself and you just are like nicer towards people and like you just kind of realize what what it looks like when everybody puts love out into the world a little bit you know yeah no, it is, it is really good. I completely uh, agree with you there. Um, what are some of your favorite DJs uh, you have seen uh, and festivals you have been to? I, I don't do as good of a job as a lot of people do about really paying attention to every set and every person that I'm seeing. Yeah. Um, uh, someone who stood out for me is Slander. Every time I've seen Slander, it's been unreal. Or BTSM. Uh, Black Tiger Sex Machine always throws it down. Oh yeah. Yeah, always super good. Elenium, Rez. Are you saying Rez because she's Canadian or she, Rez she, because she was one of the last DJs I saw and it was really good. She's amazing. I didn't know man. she was Canadian. Yeah, yeah, she's amazing. Um, and what? Yeah, I love the glasses. Yeah, and what are some of the festivals you've been to? You went okay, to uh, well Shambhala. Yeah. I just did one day though. Yeah. Only like touch the water of Shambhala. It's it's uh. That's a whole nother thing, Shambhala. It's a crazy universe where anything goes. And you think you, if you've been to raves and you think maybe you've seen some some stuff at raves or some craziness, Shambhala is like a whole nother universe of like hippies and 
just like it's <laughs> it's hard to describe but it's definitely something that everybody should experience it's pretty crazy yeah you know seeing, seeing people walking around with a raw broccoli taped to their nipples instead of clothes and, and stuff like that <laughs> pretty outrageous yeah yeah so Chambala, uh bomb fest in edmonton recently um we did my buddy buddy's bachelor party we did snow bombing um oh at sun peaks yeah sick that's cool that looks sick yeah i think they shut it down though since um it was just a frequency get together um i'm sure i'm missing some nah, Pemberton, man, not really a rave but Pemberton. back when Pemberton was still around yeah i'm Pemby, what it it's last year was 2018 wasn't it 2016 Tw- oh 2016 yeah my uh my friend um has raves about Pemby. she said it was really really good with Unreal, the mountains like in the background four days of my life maybe yeah damn it wish i got into that that sucks um so moving on again um just because we're running quite low on time uh so coming from the prairies Sorry. yeah you weren't really able to do much outdoor activities uh given the lack of mountains uh, but now since you've moved to BC, uh, which is definitely uh outdoor mecca, what have you gotten yourself into? I, we were talking about this a little beforehand too, just how like untapped it is here in Kelowna. How it's just like, how much time do you have and how much money do you have to be able to do anything because you can do everything out here. Um, I've been trying to get into golf. Um, I've, I've been getting into golf. Uh, hiking. Uh, there's downhill biking that I haven't tapped into yet. I've been road biking. Um, I saw people out on the kite surfing the other day. I'm trying to find a paddleboard. Um, the beach, I'm like a five minute walk to the beach where I'm living right now. So I've been doing lots of just beach hangouts. That's um, on a, that's on a lake, isn't it? Yeah. It's a pretty big lake, but yeah. 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 That's cool. Yeah. That's nice. You'll see when you come here. Yeah, sweet. I'm excited. And you also do a bit of winter activities. Eh? I think I've seen you post you were snowboarding or skiing. Skiing, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's cool. Um, and how was traveling Thailand? What did you enjoy most about that? I I think I enjoy just like the traveling solo aspect of it. Yeah. Like Th- Thailand itself, um, I don't know that I did this like Thailand itself justice because I might have done a little bit too much partying just with the group that i ended up traveling with i intended to do a lot more uh temple seeing and hiking than i actually did um but uh, i really just just enjoyed like the freedom of of traveling alone and just meeting so many cool people like yourself um and just sort of you know the, the fear of going alone on my first traveling experience and then just ending up meeting so many cool people because of it you're everyone says the same thing it's it's the people that make the trip amazing and i i haven't had anyone on the podcast yet that has said otherwise so yeah actually while i was while i was down there i met a guy who i ended up traveling with for i think seven days and we are still best friends to this day he lives in kamloops which is just a couple hours away from me he was just at my place um a couple days ago and we've done like three trips together since then so uh you know, pretty happy for the Thailand trip that I met one of my best friends. Yeah, that's really cool. Side of the world. Yeah, I'm definitely friends with a few people that I've met on my travels. So it's just that's everyone's so like minded. Yeah, and everybody's just happy and, and there yeah. to have a good time. And like you said, like no, that's so true. You meet you meet a bunch of best friends and then 
and you never see him again. It's kind of tragic in some ways. That's why I always try and stay in contact. That's actually my one big thing is if I meet someone that actually leaves like a good impression um, and I either become friends with them on Facebook or Instagram, I always try and make an effort to stay in contact with that person, whether it's a message once a year or something, just to let them know that I'm still there. Um, and then obviously like you've obviously hit it off with the person. So like whether you can offer them a place if they ever come down to where you are or you can offer them a place or they offer you a place when you're up by them. So for sure. And it's kind of cool to have them on social media too, because you get to see like another side of the world on a day to day basis, you know, live vicariously for them. Yeah. In England or wherever they're, yeah, exactly. Or they're like traveling again and you get to, Oh, how was this place? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's good to have your little traveling buddies that you keep in. So you said that um, you have taken some time off in November. Sorry, give me a second. I'm just turning the light on. Um, you've taken some time off in November. Um, where are you planning on going? Do you have any like any cool plans? Obviously, the whole I, COVID. I I really haven't is... looked into it too much. All I all I know is that I would like to do a scuba diving trip. Um, but uh, I haven't looked into it too hard yet because I'm kind of trying to steal it covid stuff plays out yeah um i might not be able to book anything it's kind of hard times for that yeah is that is that next on the bucket list for you um the scuba diving or you is there something Uh, yeah i've never i've never been and i want to go and i just feel like feel like it's something i really enjoy so that's next yeah that's cool man and uh just final question to wrap it up uh what is next for you so career relationships um family um well just just got started on landing my dream job that i've been working at for five years and uh, i'm still kind of living in this real world of you know you you put so much work into something and it finally comes true i wake up every day and i'm just so happy to go to work and and so excited to be there all day long and uh so so what's next for my career is just staying as focused as i can and just being the best new guy that I can and learning everything and, uh, you know, two years and, and one mouth and just listening and learning and, and improving. Uh, this is where I'll, I'll be working this job till I retire. So this is, this is it for me with the Kelowna fire department, just work my way up slowly and, and be the best version of myself every day for the people that live in this city and, and for the people that I work with. Um, so goal but, is uh, to become a chief one day. Uh, I, yeah, I don't. I don't think I'll quite go that far. Um, once you start getting up that high, it, it becomes uh, more of an office job. Ah, uh, okay, um, yeah. And I kind of stay, stay on the floor, you know. Um, but we'll see. You know, that's that's thirty years away. Um, I'm open. I'm open to anything. I'm not going to say no to, to anything. But uh, as of, as of right now, I'm just just staying focused on the fact that I'm only seven days in. You know, it's uh, it's a pretty crazy ride right now. Um, yeah, this is this is it. What's what's next is uh, new hobbies and, and new adventures in this beautiful city that I get to live in now, and uh, just mastering things like that. Yeah, that's awesome, man. You, I'm so jealous of all you Canadians. Eh? you guys, you guys have it pretty damn good. Yeah, I, I will say that I don't know if everybody feels this way when they go traveling, but uh, every time that I go traveling, I I thoroughly enjoy by myself but when i come back i'm i'm pretty content and happy with with living here of all places 
Yeah, that's pretty good. And hey, congratulations on the uh on the five years of hard work and getting to where you are now. I saw I saw your Instagram post the other day, and that looked that ceremony looked pretty damn cool. Yeah, it was. Uh, we did a little mini graduation because of COVID. We weren't uh, usually we do like a a big graduation where everybody's families come down and uh, the chief puts your puts your bar or your pins on your on your shirt and stuff like that, but. We just did what we could with social distancing, and uh, I, they, apparently they said they owe us a graduation. So once this COVID stuff goes away, we'll have the families down and, and get to do all that good stuff. Yeah, sounds good, man. Hey, uh, thanks again for yeah freeing up some time in your hella busy schedule. Um, and I'm looking forward to catching up with you in the Okanagan, hopefully later this year. Yeah, man, it's been good to talk. I hope I we said we went a little long in the time. I probably rambled a little bit too much, but. Um, for those of you who've made it this far, thank you for listening. 